As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Soccer 101, the podcast where we answer the soccer questions you never knew you had. As you're undoubtedly aware, soccer is a multi-billion dollar business where top teams make millionaires of their entire squads and where we're able to watch the beautiful game in state-of-the-art stadiums or on TVs with incredible production values anywhere in the world. How does that all happen though? Well, a big part of it is money that clubs make through sponsorship deals, selling real estate on their shirts and their kits. How does sponsorship work in soccer? When did it start? What have been the highs and the lows as our favourite teams and players have shilled to pay the bills? And what does the future hold for sponsorship in the beautiful game? My name's Ryan Bailey. Joining me today to help answer that question is your friend and mine, Taylor Rockwell. Hello, Taylor. Hello, buddy. How you doing? Very good. Thank you, Tay-Tay. Joe Lowry, how are you? I'm well, Ryan. Thank you. Excellent stuff. Graham Rutherford, round out the pack. How are you, sir? I'm good, Ryan, and very much looking forward to talking about soccer shirts again. <laughs> That's my, uh, yeah, my forte. Yeah, it feels like if there was a Graham Rutherford wheelhouse, it would be this discussion we're about to have, right, Graham? Yes, pretty much. There is uh, one of my favourite things about shirt sponsors is how they kind of impact the design of shirts, and I am a total nerd, as you can already tell about this stuff, so excited for this podcast listeners a, a view behind the curtain for a moment when we asked graham to take on a larger role in the total soccer show slash soccer 101 he didn't want more payment he didn't want more control he just wanted to ensure that we talked about shirts at least once a month that was his only condition so <laughs> this is all for graham that we're doing this yeah that my only fans has been absorbed into tss <laughs> and this is now the offering wow what an image that is graham why don't we uh why don't you kick us off then uh with the history of shirt sponsorship where did it all begin graham yeah, so shirt sponsorship is something we just take for granted now. Brands have been on soccer shirts for as long as I can remember. And uh, as I say, brands are even sometimes part of a, a club's identity. That's how intertwined they have become in the sport over the decades. So to go all the way back to the first shirt sponsorship, so Kettering Town are widely regarded as the first club to have had a shirt sponsor, and that was in 1976. 
when Kettering Tires uh, paid a four-figure amount to have their brand on the team's jersey. The story here is the FA wasn't happy with this and told Kettering Town they couldn't have a shirt sponsor. So the next time that they played, they had Kettering Tea on their shirts instead. They said it stood for the team name. Everyone clever, knew clever, clever. Yeah, the mm-hmm. FA ultimately stopped Kettering Town from playing with Kettering Tea on their shirts, but the genie was already out of the bottle. And uh, this is pretty much how we ended up with uh, Rasenball Sport Leipzig playing as RB Leipzig when everyone knows that it's Red Bull Leipzig that they're the name the, the name of the club. However, going further back than that. There is a record of Penarol in in Uruguay wearing a shirt sponsor in the 1950s. So maybe they were the true pioneers in the field. And then in the 1960s as well, Austria and Denmark had uh, some clubs with with shirt sponsorship. And at this time, it's there's not really a great record of it. Sometimes it's people just passing on through generations. Oh yeah, the team played with a shirt sponsor back then. So that's why Kettering Town they kind of get mentioned a lot, but there is a lot of dubiety. And that, and by the time you get round to the 70s, which I guess is when Kettering Town did have that sponsorship, you have a, a number of German clubs bending the rules and regulations with shirt sponsorship. <laughs> and the first uh, official shirt sponsorship in Europe's major leagues came in uh, the Bundesliga in 1973, which is three years before Kettering Town. Eintracht Braunschweig had their uh, they had they wanted to have Jägermeister on their 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 shot uh, their shirt you know the the famous uh, shot bar shot they wanted herbal to have that as, as herbal their, remedy yeah herbal remedy yeah that's that's right yeah that's what everyone <laughs> uses it for and uh, they were denied that and so the club replaced their crest with the Jägermeister logo and actually come to think of it that was the thing that led to uh, RB Leipzig so thanks for that right? Eintracht Braunschweig. Right, Graham, I thought the same thing. I was like, here we are thinking that this whole, like, oh, they renamed themselves, but they couldn't have Red Bull in it, so they went with Lawn Ball Sports so they could have RB. What a travesty. And to go back to the 70s and see a club change their crest to be the Jägermeister logo, uh, to your very early point of brands are now intertwined with the clubs they sponsor, that feels like a literal representation of that, Graham. Yeah, they they changed their crest to a Jägermeister bottle (laughs) and their name to Bros United. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Alka-Seltzer quickly followed oh. as a sponsor I think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. wonderful stuff uh, Taylor so it does mm. seem like the 1970s was when shirt sponsorship sort of yeah. evolved we had um, not only kit makers uh, logos appearing on shirts but also it becoming pretty widespread for sponsors uh, was Liverpool one of the first top teams to get a big deal I think was it Crown Paints possibly or w- w- one that preceded them I mean if we're talking about the biggest teams we got to start with Hibs I think who had sure. uh, I think Bukta was their sponsor in 1977 yep. and 78 but yeah Liverpool in 79 signed a deal with Hitachi the Japanese electrical company more on Japanese electrical companies in a moment uh, but it, an interesting interesting one there because it, it reflects the divide that was still present about uh, teams wanting sponsorship because money is useful uh, and other more like sort of historic organizers being less inclined. The BBC and ITV refusing to show yep. highlights of any teams who had sponsors. And that led to, I think, when Liverpool did sign that deal with Hitachi, it was written in that they could not wear the sponsored jerseys for European competitions or any live 
televised games, so you still had to find ways around it. And I think Everton actually became the first team technically to wear a sponsor on their jersey because though Liverpool agreed to one first with Hitachi, Everton had their first match of the season before Liverpool did, uh, and they had a Danish tinned meat company as their sponsor. Uh, They get a little bit bigger as we go, and that is one of my favorite things like when you're looking at the history of sponsorship is how it reflects basically the markets of the time. As Graham said, 50s and 60s, it's much more localized. You get into the 70s and the 80s. It is Japanese electrical manufacturers, Sharp, Hitachi, JVC, NEC, TDK. Then the Japanese uh, financial bubble bursts, and you have emerging markets taking over. Uh, You have Everton, sponsored by Chang, the beer from Thailand. Leicester with King Power, also from Thailand. Chelsea and Samsung. QPR, Air Asia. it goes on from there. In the 90s and late 80s, you have alcohol and tobacco companies, but that fades because There's rules about advertising and alcohol awareness and anti-tobacco legislation. And we move into the 2000s with oil and gas companies, with American companies, with gambling, and now with tourism and state-sponsored companies. You can sort of see how the uh, market and the economy has changed via shirt sponsorship. We've come a long way since Danish tin meat, Taylor. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, (laughs) indeed. Um, And there has been some interesting moments earlier on, Taylor, in the evolution of shirt sponsors and perhaps kit manufacturers. There's a famous case of Johan Cruyff objecting to having a certain sponsor on his shirt. Yeah, was it uh, He Only Wore Pumas, uh, the Netherlands at the time sponsored by Adidas, so he had a custom Netherlands jersey made that did not have the three stripes, it only had two stripes. So you can sort of get players, and I think that was, much as I would like to believe it's Johan Cruyff having this steadfast belief that Puma is superior, I think it is a little bit of of craftiness on his part to know if he gets this jersey, that's going to make some headlines, that's probably going to get some attention, and maybe his next deal with Puma is all the more lucrative. I think the same thing with with Pele and Puma with his boots. Uh, But that is for a separate episode, because I think what we've learned is that we could do probably five or six different episodes about sponsorship, and I think I would like to, because I'd like to do the history of boot sponsorship. Uh, Even why oil and gas companies invest in soccer clubs would be pretty interesting. But yeah, you get those kind of variations throughout history. And then uh, as we move into the 80s, You get new technology, you get new materials being utilized, a lot more polyester and synthetic fibers, which means you get crazier patterns, but also new jerseys every couple seasons or every season as we get into the 2000s. And so then you have more opportunities for more sponsors and new sponsors and new styles on top of that. Taylor, going back to the Johan Cruyff story, Mm -hmm. I'd heard that part before, right? Johan Cruyff was sponsored by Puma. You you laid it all out just fine for us. Mm I, uh, there's a part to it that I didn't know that comes much more recently. Apparently in 2014, Cruyff uh, complained in an article for an Amsterdam newspaper that Adidas had more recently, like in, in the 21st century, tried to sue Johan yeah. Cruyff and his company, his sportswear company apparently called Cruyff Classics, unless they took down and, and stopped selling that World Cup jersey, that 1974 World Cup jersey with the two stripes, Adidas was trying to say that 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 should belong to them that year in that World Cup Dutch jersey. But Cruyff said, no, those those two stripes belong to me. That's a direct quote. I didn't know that part, and maybe there's folks out there that didn't know that either. So I wanted to briefly circle back to that and and say, Johan Cruyff is pretty committed to that two-stripe thing. (laughs) What a yeah, dumb I, thing from Adidas, I have to say. Like, like, may, and maybe that is a like branded thing where they're getting a percentage cut of the jersey sales or something. But 
to, to go after Johan Cruyff that far down the road and it being Johan Cruyff on top of that, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense for why they would do that. But uh, here we yeah. are. Adidas makes choices. Taylor, how foolish of Adidas to mention Adidas products and have an Adidas lawsuit so that we're talking about Adidas right now. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Good, point. Good point. Good um, point. I used to wear shirts with two stripes, but that was because my mom wouldn't uh, buy me the 50... 50- <laughs> pound real version and so that was the 10 pound version from the market so now we find out why your wardrobe looks the way it does Graham. there we go okay uh, oh, by the way i've been to the cruyff store in amsterdam i think i went there in 2018 and they had the two stripe one on sale so maybe i don't know how that lawsuit settled out but i believe it was still on sale all right so we've uh, we've talked about shirt sponsorship from kettering tires um we're going to go all the way through to crypto casinos i bet i guess if we're <laughs> going to keep alliterative on this thing we're going to take a very quick break when we come back we're going to look at the evolution of sponsorship from the 21st century and beyond back shortly looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Soccer 101, welcome back. Joseph Lowry, if you'll allow me. Can we dig into the evolution of shirt sponsors, the innovations we've seen? Uh, It's no longer just a shirt sponsor on the main chest of a shirt, for example. Ah, no, it's not, Ryan Bailey. One thing that's happened in the 21st century, and even in more recent years as we're recording in 2022, just in case you're listening to this in a time capsule sometime in the 2300s. In in 2022 now, we're seeing sleeve sponsors become more and more popular, which... I think has always sort of been inevitable continuing to cover the jersey. Why not use that space? It's basically just a billboard that's being looked at by, depending on the size of the game, millions and millions of people. It it makes sense from a financial standpoint. Teams are starting to use other areas on the shirt. And one that's been happening, at least in recent years, is that sleeve sponsorship. So UEFA started allowing them for club competitions in, in this season. So 2021 to 2022, we're seeing that for the first time. We're seeing that be allowed for the first time. MLS introduced them in, in 2020. The Premier League introduced it in 17-18, in and they were just before Syria, who did it in 2018-19. And by the time Syria had come on board, all five of Europe's major leagues had sleeve sponsors, at least had given their teams an option to display sleeve sponsorships. Now, it's interesting to me, we've talked about before, I don't know on 101 or on the Total Soccer Show, but we've talked about before how teams have to change their jerseys based on the competition. So I mentioned UEFA only starting to allow them in 2021 to 2022. You know, teams for a Premier League game on a Saturday or a Sunday could have their shirt sponsored, but then they have to go and change everything for the the UEFA games midweek if they're in the Champions League or the Europa League or now the Europa Conference League. Now that's not the case. They can wear their shirt sponsors in both. And I'm just curious, guys, what we're going to see next as other areas, depending on the league, 
Of course, you'll see different sponsors in different areas of the jersey being sponsored. Liga MX, I think, is maybe the most aggressive in how they display sponsors on their jerseys. It's more like uh, a billboard with the soccer jersey on the side. And I think we will eventually get closer and closer to that point all around the world. They they do that in Norway and Sweden as well. They sell all areas. They're, they have short sponsors as well. And in Norway, they'll sell like the backside. You know how you used to see people yeah. walk around with Juicy written on the back of their trousers? Uh, that's like Norwegian football, except it's a crypt- cryptocurrency exchange that's on the... <laughs> On the back of their trousers, Graham, yeah. Uh, the Richmond Kickers, uh, my, my beloved local team, uh, for a couple seasons were sponsored by Target. They had two Targets. Guess where they were located? Uh, that's good. I like yes, that. Yes, they were. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, it's already in America. It's already happening. It's already at your doorstep. Uh, for, for the record, um, the EFL allows you to sell short sponsorship as well. AFC Wimbledon dropped them in. Um, their shorts are sponsored by John Green, the author, and his uh, Don't Forget to Be Awesome brand, which is written on the back of uh, all of AFC Wimbledon's shorts as well. And Joe, you've reminded me there of different sponsors being allowed in different contests. Graham, I don't know if you remember, there was a period, I'm going to say late 90s, early 2000s, when teams like Liverpool and Newcastle, who were sponsored mm-hmm. by alcohol companies, Carlsberg and Newcastle Brown, when they're in European competition, like Liverpool, Liverpool would have no sponsor on their shirt, and Newcastle. There was a time where um, they they were owned by, oh, sorry, they're spo- they were sponsored by Newcastle, who are owned by the Whitbread Company, who put Centre Parks on their shirt. Yeah, our I remember holiday that. Destination. And Rangers did that as well because they were sponsored by McEwen and they had Centre Parks when they played in, in Europe. And actually, we're recording this before the Europa League semi-finals. Rangers tonight will do a similar thing where they are sponsored by a betting. Uh, brand that is exclusive to the uk and so when they play in europe and other countries they use another brand that is that is uh, familiar to european audiences so tonight they're playing in germany against rb leipzig so they will change to another brand for that so that that's sort of thing still happens particularly in i always remember in france where you weren't allowed betting companies and you weren't allowed alcohol companies displayed on your shirts so you would often get weird one one game sponsors on the front of the shirts which is exactly where the center parts thing came from indeed uh taylor that probably leads us into the kind of sponsors we see controversially perhaps on many premier league and other shirts uh gambling companies and uh crypto casinos and so on uh, are quite prevalent in the premier league at the moment nine of 20 premier league teams for example are sponsored by gambling companies which is actually a lower figure than previous previous years it has been up to 12 um southampton and watford are both crypto betting sites as well so there has been a trend towards mm-hmm. that kind of thing taylor which does make sense because ultimately the reason that companies do this is for awareness, obviously. As Joe mentioned, millions of people watching a Premier League game are now familiar with TeamViewer, a thing that people probably did not know existed unless they were, I don't know, khaki-wearing businessmen. But now everybody knows TeamViewer because they sponsor Manchester United's shirt, but there's also credibility that goes with that. And basically it's brands cashing in on a team's reputation. They've been around for forever. They're this institution. And if they are okay with this company then that means the company must be okay. And I do think that's a big reason why you get gambling for a while, and obviously gambling a big part of the sport as well, so it makes a lot of sense. But crypto especially, what we've seen uh, as we're recording this in April of 2022 is crypto essentially on a quest to be legitimate, to get people to understand it, believe in it, and not see it as a scam or something like that. And so you have all the Super Bowl commercials about you don't want to miss out, and I'm a celebrity that you trust, and here's me saying crypto is a good idea. And similarly, if 
a Bundesliga club or a Premier League club or whatever is wearing a crypto uh, sponsored shirt, then there's an element of stability that you would assume is there, even though sometimes uh, companies will sponsor shirts and then almost immediately go out of business or Mm. get uh, huge bailouts, cough, cough, Chevrolet. Uh, But I think that is why we see more of it. Uh, And I am not a crypto expert, so I I have no real opinion on that one way or the other, because ultimately it's a company spending a bunch of money to have their name on the shirt. It is indeed. And it's curious where, say, in the Premier League, many of the bettering operators do not even operate in the UK. Uh, many yeah. of them are Asian. So um, th- it shows the global nature of the game, Graham. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is, I think the Premier League is going to try and crack down on that. So that's called white label companies where they will, uh, they're will they not actually regulated in the UK. And as you say, they're using the global reach of the, the Premier League to advertise to Asian markets and South American markets and markets that aren't native to, to the Premier League. So... Um, yeah, that is uh, a grey area, shall we say, and I think that these these sort of things are going to get tightened up in, in the years to come, but then undoubtedly there'll be another grey area industry that comes in and replaces all those sponsors. So, Taylor, where do we think sponsorship goes next then? If this is where the state of play now, we have short sponsorships, we have mm-hmm. shirts, many leagues where they are covered in sponsors. Uh, is it going to be socks having individual sponsors on them next? Is it going to be coaches having to wear, I don't know, their favorite crypto brand all over their shirts as uh, as teams play? Or also another one, Taylor, is national teams, which have so far avoided having any kind of sponsorship bar the uh, kit manufacturer. Yeah, like I think U.S. soccer had Volkswagen on their like warm-up tops for a little while. I'm not sure if that's still the thing. I do think national teams will probably go that way once as soon as FIFA changes their bylaws so that FIFA gets 5% of every shirt sponsorship or something. I'm sure we will see uh, a change in that policy. I actually wonder if coaches already have sponsorships and we just don't know it because I remember for a while Pep was wearing those shoes that looked like Sambas, the Adidas Sambas, but they had five stripes instead of three. And I was really curious if if they were knockoff, like maybe he couldn't afford actual Sambas. So he went the five stripe (laughs) route. And I think... What I found was that they retailed for $600 and were some <laughs> private boutique company that I think did have a deal with Pep Guardiola to outfit him, or at least he had some relationship with them. So maybe that's where it is. It's like high-end dressing for the managers, and we do have that as well in Italy. You have, uh, I think, Hugo Boss uh, sponsors maybe Milan and is responsible for making their suits, or maybe it's Gucci. Who knows? It's one of them fancy ones. The, uh, the, the, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go. Taylor. The, the brand Replay, they they sponsor Ten Hag, don't they? I read that. That's why he wears that jacket and he go. wears their jumpers and stuff like that. So that might be wow. coming to Manchester United Fashion. if it doesn't clash with one of their uh, the sponsors <laughs> that they already have, which it almost certainly does. And I'm already looking forward to that clash now. They definitely have a manager sponsor in every in every uh, uh, location, I'd imagine. Group. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the other thing that we've seen evolve is sort of the that is kind of nefarious are, are the sponsors that have a connection either to the ownership group or to a company that has some connection to that club. So right. uh, Emirates would be one, Qatar uh, Airways would be another one. You get those sort of corporate sponsors that I think connect uh, in different ways that aren't as immediately obvious. And there's a financial component to that that we can talk about when it comes to financial doping, essentially. But I think where sponsorship will go is more towards those uh, countries as they pivot maybe away mm-hmm. from, say, oil and gas and towards tourism or other industries, trying to promote those industries via that sponsorship is my guess where we will see a lot of these uh, sponsorships go. What, 
one innovation that we are going to see in spons- in shirt sponsorship in the years to come is regionalized sponsorship. And I have been reading a That's bit cool. about this after this after the Spotify deal. I'll come on to that later, but a, a little bit of context that goes wider than just shirt sponsorship. So we're already seeing regionalized sponsorship in La Liga. So when I watch a La Liga game on British TV, I see different sponsors around the pitch to someone that's watching in Spain or in China. And that technology um, it almost kind of throws a green screen onto the advertising hoardings and it, mean, it means they can project the, the sponsors specific to my region, to me on the broadcast. And we're going to see that sort of same technology with shirt sponsors as well. And Spotify, they have struck a deal with Barcelona. They hinted at it in their uh, in their, their press release that they're going to have, I think it might start off quite analog. They're going to have not just the Spotify logo, but they're going to have different artists and products and playlists and podcasts. Maybe TSS is going to appear on Barcelona's shirt at some point in the future. Um, I think it's just going to be different shirts to begin with. But I did read an article that said that a number of clubs were experimenting with the technology so that they would just kind of have that that. I don't, that green screen sort of thing on the yeah. shirt and depending on where you're watching it there would be a different sponsor on it depending on your region so i think that is something we probably will see in the next 10 and, years and graham what that reminds me of in sort of a roundabout way is i don't know if you guys remember the super bowl commercial from this past year with the qr code right just bouncing i think it was yeah. coinbase i don't remember which company that was but everyone then pulled out their smartphones and, and scanned the qr code and went to the link to the point where it crashed the website right which is maybe a poor infrastructure on, on the company side but it reminds me of that because it's it's something that is changeable like you could put a, a qr code on at different times you could put different qr codes on depending on on where the game is being played or what product you want to be advertising and, and basically the the main thing that connects what you said Graham, with a flexible technology that can display different things and, and the qr codes is it's more temporary it's more flexible you can change and you can chop and i do think we'll probably start seeing more of that more creative sponsorship approaches and in, in scheduling and in timing and in flexibility than we've ever seen before as technology has risen to allow those things to actually happen what what i keep thinking of and i promise this will connect is there's a scene in the office the american office when daryl has decided to live a more efficient life and so he records a bunch of his talking heads at once and they're just super generic like man that person has gotten him or herself into hot water <laughs> and i'm really looking forward to sponsorships going the same way where they just green screen in whatever the the product is for that region and so you're just going to get luka modric like i love this product it is my favorite whenever i am and then they'll just insert like <laughs> hungry and it will be chips like they're just going to do it that way i'm really excited for bad green screened advertisements and sponsorships i think the evolution taylor is that all players wear the green man suit from always sunny in philadelphia and then you just put uh you can put better man united players on top of man united man, for example. don't give edward Wood ideas he will put them in those full suits and then yeah just green screen in advertisements for the entirety of the game who cares if they can't see and they run into the post and they lose 15 nil that money keeps coming in fellas it's all good wonderful stuff uh, more on the money keeping to come in uh right after this break This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight? Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Soccer 101, welcome back. We are talking about shirt sponsorships. And we noted before we took a break, a little while before we did, about financial doping. I think, Taylor, you brought that up. And there, are, there have been a few examples of shirt sponsors doing that. Uh, ones I point to would be PSG, who got into some hot water with the Qatari Tourism Authority sponsorship they had, which um, authorities believed was overstated by 200 million what? euros. So effectively increasing their own revenues by being sponsored by a company related to the team. Uh, you could say the same thing for Juventus, who currently have a 45 million euro deal uh, with Jeep on their shirt, owned by the Agnelli family, who also own um, Juventus, of course. Uh, and they, there was accusations they helped pay for Ronaldo by uh, increasing their own sponsorship revenues. Uh, and there's some sort of more innocuous ones uh, I would point to Stoke City, for example. Uh, Bet365, a betting sponsor, have been their shirt sponsor uh, for many a year because they are owned by the Coates family, who own Bet365. Uh, Bet365 actually bought Stoke Stadium in 2021 outright as well. Uh, and fun fact, I don't know if you know this, Graham. The highest Wait, they tax- bought the stadium or they, they bought, bought the, the naming rights to the stadium? Bet365 bought the actual stadium. Yep. What? Uh, because they're owned by the, they're all owned by the same person. Effectively, I don't I don't understand why that would be a thing, all but right. it is definitely a thing. Maybe it's to do with the fact, Graham, that the Coates family, the highest taxpayers in the UK, five hundred million a year, they roughly pay. Yeah, they they are they uh, make a lot of money that family, yeah. and I do have kind of mixed feelings on this because I think in some instances it is financial doping. So City as well have been. Uh, accused of financial doping a number of their sponsors uh, sponsorship deals are with companies owned by the Abu Dhabi investment fund that also owns Manchester City so there's a kind of sinister edge to that PSG as well what they've been accused of but then for, for to to draw a personal example Sterling Albion are sponsored by a local company and they've sponsored Sterling Albion as long as I can remember uh, an, an insurance company that is the city's biggest employer Prudential and so they pay what I would say definitely is slightly over market over the market value because they want to be seen to sponsor the the local team. So maybe maybe the bet three six five bet three six five sponsorship is slightly closer to that than say City and, and PSG. But I do I do think there are some instances where a local sponsor can pay above market value to kind of support a local asset. But maybe City and PSG is a lot a long long way from that. Yeah, <laughs> you've reminded me, Graham, tangentially of Athletic Bilbao. I went there in 2008 and I think again in 2010 and back then um, their shirts were only made by a local brand and their sponsor was a local refinery called Petronor. So basically they have a Cantera policy where they only bring in local Basque players to the team and they extended that to their shirts as well. They would only have local sponsors and the kits would only be made locally. And in the club store, you could choose to buy the shirt with or without the sponsor. They gave you the option. Both were on the rack next to each other. Yeah, I like that. Which is pretty amazing. And amazingly, people also bought the one with the sponsor on it, which you wouldn't think they did, but I suppose they were supporting the local economy as well. Um, That's not the case anymore. I think they're Nike now, aren't they? Their shirts are... Uh, New Balance. There you go, New Balance, and they've got an international sponsor as well. Um, Joe, do you have favourite sponsors or anything that you'd point to? I always think of... um, 
a sponsor on a shirt, you know, ties it to an error. It becomes part of the identity, as Graham yeah. said earlier on. So like Sharp being on the Man United shirts in the 90s, JVC being on the Arsenal shirts. Do you have a relationship with shirts like that? The the one that comes to mind for me that also coincided sort of with my first the first years that I fell in love with soccer and fell in love with this team playing soccer, which I think a lot of other people can relate to, is Barcelona. FC Barcelona having UNICEF on the front of their jersey. That started in 2006. Uh, UNICEF is the United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund. And Barca didn't charge them to have UNICEF on the front of their jersey. Instead, they, they used it and they were able to work to raise a bunch of money for UNICEF, which is awesome. So that that era, I mean, that included the Messi, and you had uh, you had Eto, and you had Henri, and just a lot of these really iconic players in that Barcelona era. They all wore that on the front of their shirt, and and for me, it did become synonymous with Barcelona for so long. And yet, I also think this this Barca UNICEF story encapsulates the direction that soccer is headed. Right since then, since UNICEF was on the the, the front of their jerseys. After quite some time, that that uh, that logo was removed from the front of the jersey, and instead, since then, they've had <laughs> Qatar Airways and an e-commerce <laughs> company Rakuten on yeah. their jersey front. And Graham already mentioned earlier how Spotify is coming in to participate there. So we have certainly seen Barcelona, and I do think this is a microcosm. It's not really all that micro, but it's it still is a microcosm of the desire for just more and more money as clubs are increasingly mismanaged. And that's certainly been true for Barcelona. They need more money to dig themselves out of the financial holes that they're in, or they just simply want more money. And both of those things probably apply in this case. Barcelona, Joe, is a very interesting example because before UNICEF, they famously never had a shirt sponsor. And this was like, um, if you were cynical, Joe, you might say they were easing their way into having a a, a paid shirt sponsor by having UNICEF. And then he went to the, I think it was the Qatar Foundation yeah and then it was qatar airways yeah uh, so they've sort of eased their way into uh, is where, where where we are with spotify graham is unicef still on the back of barca's jerseys or no because i know there was a stage mm. where it moved from the front and then it moved to the back and i think now it's just gone so ryan you're right it was I, sort of a decoupling i don't think it's on there anymore but don't don't quote me on that yeah too late i'm pretty sure it's not on there <laughs> already <laughs> quoted graham i don't i'm not sure you get how this how this works damn <laughs> Um, there's an example in our running order of Galatasaray having an amusing um, sponsor, Joe. Is that from you or is that Taylor? That, w- that was me. I just okay. was looking for other sponsors that I liked or companies that I like, and I'm not, I'm not a big shopper, so I don't spend a lot of money on a regular basis, and so I don't like absolutely love Company X at sponsoring Team Y. But uh, I was looking for food sponsors, and I, I love pizza, so I was looking for any pizza companies or restaurants that had sponsored teams before, and lo and behold, Galatasaray, Turkish Giants Galatasaray, had Terra Pizza, which is a, a pizza chain in Turkey, I believe, as their sponsor for a couple of years from 2019 to 2021. I just like pizza, as I said. Uh, so I was I was glad to find some <laughs> pizza-related sponsor out there at some point. In you, you've shot See, straight past Fulham there, Joe, who had Pizza Hut on their shirts for many years. Oh, yes, yeah, well. so they did. Oh, that okay. was a good one. Okay, yeah. that's Yep, that's a good one, too. That works. That works <laughs> I, for me. Uh, I can't totally explain why, but I like it when bands sponsor football shirts. Yes. So Wet 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 sponsored Clyde Bank, a Scottish team in 1983. Mogwai uh, sponsored, weirdly, a primary school team, but that kind of got national news. And then you had Fat Boy Slim's label Skint sponsoring Brighton, which, yep. ironically, when they had no money and nearly went out of existence. So that was that was quite funny as well. And I also like it when... Um, I don't think there are any other cases of this, but when films sponsor teams, so oh, the yeah. only example of this is Atletico Madrid, 
when they had us they were sponsored by columbia pictures and instead of having the studio's logo on their shirt they had different movies so they had 16 different sponsors in one season they had and this is just a selection they had hellboy spider-man 2 bewitched hitch triple x 2 <laughs> resident evil 2 bad boys 2 all the sequels all the terrible terrible sequels apparently so so weird but also kind of amazing i want to know my favorite one of those will forever remain uh the rock and sean william scott starring in the rundown which translated <laughs> uh for atletico madrid was tesoro or tesoro del amazonas which is amazonian treasure that's what they had on their shirt <laughs> for the rundown there you go amazing i need amazing. to know which uh, uh, which game they played in where they had Bewitched. Is that the Will Ferrell remake of Bewitched? Goodness me. Oh, for sure it is. I think Sampdoria had Sin City, that movie, as a sponsor. I think the sequel to Sin City. So again, sequels ending up on shirts is an interesting one. And I believe Stevenage had Burger King, Joe. So you've got another uh, food if you need one. For, for a game this season, um, Hearts in Scotland had... Oh, what's the name of the, the company in succession? Uh, oh, Roy... Waystar Royco. Waystar Royco, yeah. So it was a it was a promotion with Sky, who broadcast uh, Succession in the UK, and so they put Waystar Royco on the heart shirt, which I thought was quite cool. That's not the team that uh, he buys, is it? Yeah, that's the joke. Yeah, okay, okay. that's that's why they're on that shirt. Yeah, <laughs> excellent stuff. Yeah, on your bands, by the way, you missed off one of my favourites, the Super Furry Animals, a Welsh band who sponsored their hometown team, Cardiff, as well. Um, Taylor, I found an amusing sponsor for you, which is happening next season in League Two with Warsaw. Uh, your favourite store, Poundland, are going to be all over their shirts. Uh, so they'll be going to Poundland in Warsaw many times next season. You'll, you'll it's just really funny when you all say it so quickly and I have to do the math. I'm like, wait, the, the store is called what now? It's still, it's like you're speaking a foreign language and I'm having to process and put together like, okay, that was the verb. Whenever I hear you say Poundland, it just takes me a second of like, oh yeah, they're going to be sponsored by Poundland. Yeah. I can't wait to go to Poundland. It just takes a moment. <laughs> Pound Town would be worse. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That is true. Although, um, con- continuing in that line, I did read that before a 1995 Champions League match uh, against Fiorentina, Arsenal were asked to remove their sponsor, which was Sega, because apparently, maybe at the time, maybe still, in Italian slang, uh, Sega means to masturbate. So they oh, did right. not want that on the jersey uh, when playing each other in the Champions League. Oh, so that's why I was getting the funny looks in my classic Arsenal shirts the other day. Right, <laughs> I see. Um, that, yeah, there's plenty of examples of amusing shirts. The, the two I'll pull up to add to this conversation. Milan was sponsored by Poo Jeans. That's just funny. And West Brom, also <laughs> in the 80s, that was in the 80s for Milan. And West Brom had the no smoking sign. Um, yeah. This is this is something that Graham will know, that in the UK, there's lots of government like advertising on the radio telling you not to drink and drive telling you not to smoke telling you not to do all these things that Damn is just socialist. completely absent from the u.s broadcasts from the government so that was the <laughs> kind of example of that west brom literally having it on their shirt as well um what, any, any more examples taylor of amusing sponsors before we move on well not so much amusing but i just i do think there are certain and i don't think it's because of the team even but i think that there are kits and teams and sponsors that just go well together and you expect them to be there or they're forever sort of emblazoned in your mind so for me like man united and sharp would be one of those phillips and psv that just feels like that name is supposed to be on that shirt i feel the same about newcastle they should just be sponsored by newcastle i love those jerseys when they were 
Inter and their connection to Firelli. Uh, Arsenal and Dreamcast. I did love that one, although JVC also feels pretty iconic. Rangers and McEwens. That's is am I, I'm probably butchering that one. I apologize, uh, Graham. No, that's but right. That one also feels fairly iconic in my mind. So those, not even because the team was particularly successful, it's just sometimes the sponsor fits the jersey really well, and other times it does not. And so the bad ones stand out. The good ones, I think, become iconic. I also liked uh, Dr. Martens on West Ham shirts. I don't really know why. It just it just kind of worked. That feels it reminds me of, remi- reminds yeah. me of Paolo Di Canio, and I, maybe yeah. I don't want to be reminded of Paolo Di Canio that often, but uh, yeah, I still like that shirt. Do you know the sponsor they turned down before they were going to have Dr. Martens on their shirt, Graham? I do not. Durex condoms. Oh, right. Okay. Well, yeah. Dr. Martens is probably better. They decided against that one. They went with Doc Martens instead. Uh, my final question I want to ask you, gents, on this here podcast is whether we actually like having sponsors on shirts, whether it's a good thing ultimately for the game as well. I'll say, um, Joe, when I came to the US many a year ago, I was always amazed that, say, NFL shirts, NFL jerseys don't have sponsorship on them. And, I mean, only recently I think NBA have started having sort of little sponsorship logos on them. But most U.S. sports maintain the purity of the jersey without giant sponsors on them. And for a country which is, you know, very commercialized, I always find that very impressive in a way. So, Joe, do you agree that maybe there is a purity to it without having a sponsor and it may be a a good thing for soccer? I think the purity has gone all across sport at this point. I mean, you can look at American sports and let's stick with American football. Sure. There's no sponsors on jerseys, but there's so many other places and avenues to create sponsorship. I think that's something that American sports does more aggressively, probably than any anywhere else in the world, any other country in their sports is there's a, a constant dialogue in sports business about how do we monetize this? How do we find opportunities to partner in this area or that area? I think that's, that's a huge part of sports in the United States and with American football, you have commercials to do that instead of jersey sponsors. And I, I do think they will eventually add that to the uh, add jersey sponsors to the arsenal of sponsorships they have already. I think t- to look at soccer specifically, soccer wouldn't be, and, and you can take this in a number of different ways, it wouldn't be what it is today. And it, it, it isn't what it is today without sponsorship. And in some ways, that's negative. We talked about financial doping, and you can certainly look at teams that are owned by sovereign wealth funds and, and nations in the Middle East as as being just really awful for the sport and, and horrible and sports washing that is extremely distasteful to cover or an attempt to cover up atrocities in those countries. You can look at that, but you can also look at the fact that without sponsorship, and, and Jersey sponsorship is a part of it, maybe a, a, a small to medium-sized part of it, but it is a part, you wouldn't have the same level of access or the same level of production value or entertainment value that we have today without jersey sponsors providing revenue for clubs and without a general interest in sponsoring the sport. So I I don't know if it's a good thing. I think there's aspects of it that are useful and enjoyable about sponsorship, and there's also aspects of it that are distasteful, as I already mentioned. I'm not sure at least that I can separate those two things from each other, and so I think this is a classic things-can-be-two-things kind of situation. Yeah. Graham, would you agree with that? A necessary evil? Yeah, I think so. And and I agree with Joe, there's kind of two different levels to it. So to mention my club against Sterling Albion, we, we probably couldn't survive without the backing that they get from Prudential, the shirt sponsor, but also just a lot of local companies. And it's their way of supporting a, a local community asset. So without that sponsorship, the club would probably uh, dissolve. But then, as you, as you say, there's a, a lot of kind of grubby sponsorship in soccer as well. It, it tends to be at a higher level. 
but from a, a kit design angle, it makes it more interesting for me. So uh, I guess I guess I'm in favour. Although having said that, sometimes a bad sponsor can really, really, really ruin a shirt. Like for instance, Juventus's latest shirt would be an absolute classic if it wasn't for the terrible, terrible sponsor on it. So actually, now I've just talked myself into getting rid of all sponsors. The Jeep logo is terrible. It's got a secondary line. It's like a four. Oh. It's like a type of Jeep. It's the Jeep Four X. It's the electric and it's the one. Four yeah, and it's yeah. just awful. Get rid of that. Ah, fair enough, Graham. All right, well, that just about rounds up our conversation about the shirt sponsorship and the history thereof. One question for me, Taylor, remains, when is TSS sponsoring the Richmond Kickers? <laughs> we we talked about it once, about trying to get an advertisement uh, hoarding, uh, but it turns out they are slightly, even, even the Richmond Kickers in USL League One, outside of our price range for uh, advertising for a season. Okay, Barcelona then. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's easy. That one can happen for sure, no problem. (laughs) Uh, The TSS Camp New, I can see it now. Wonderful (laughs) stuff. All right, thank you very much, Joseph Lowry, for your contributions today. You got it, Ryan. Uh, Taylor Rockwell, thank you so much, sir. Right back at you, my friend. And Graham Rutherman, you can calm down a little bit now. The shirt talk is over. Okay, thank you, Ryan Bailey. (laughs) Listener, thank you so much for joining us on this one. We'll be back on the feed next week, but for now, catch you later. (laughs) 